0: Listening to the Refinery Church podcast. Each message comes from our Saturday night service in Brea, California. We pray these messages will build your faith and encourage you today. Here's some of the things that you're going to see in Proverbs as you're reading through it. and You probably have already discovered it right now. There's there's themes about money. You're going to see uh, proverbs that are going to relate to money and finances, and it's going to be repeated over and over again. Uh, there's there's themes on work ethic. You'll you'll hear the word laziness or slothfulness repeated over and over again. If a person lives this way, if they they sleep too much, a little slumber, a little little too much sleep, and poverty comes on that person quickly. That's a proverb. So you're going to hear that repeated. Um, Good and bad character are repeated over and over again. Uh, Friendships. Friendships are repeated over and over again. Disciplined living is repeated over and over again. And something that's repeated not only in Proverbs, but throughout the entire Bible is this phrase, the fear of the Lord. How many of you guys have seen that before or heard that before? The fear of the Lord. What is that last one that's repeated so often? The fear of the Lord. Anybody ever remember a show back in the 90s? Let's not get into this one just yet. Okay, I want to talk about, talk about something really quickly here, Roger. Anybody remember a show in the 90s called Fear Factor? Yeah. Y'all remember Fear Factor, right? I used to love watching Fear Factor, but I also hated that show. I loved it and hated it. Matter of fact, half the show freaked me out, right? because I love the stunts that they would do. I'm like, oh yeah, those are great stunts. But then on top of the stunts, for those of you who aren't familiar with the show, there were always bugs involved. Some sort of weird bug that they had to eat, right? It was weird. Now I'm okay with a few bugs. I'm okay with a little spider. I can handle a few ants in the kitchen that I gotta go clean up. But a 50 gallon container of cockroaches? Yeah, that's too much for me. Okay. That is too, that freaks me out. All right. That's fear right there for me. I do not want those kinds of bugs. I do not. How many guys do not like cockroaches? Wave at me if you don't. Yeah. See, right there, that right there is one of those things like, oh man, bugs. I remember that movie, a men in black when they were squishing the cockroaches, oh, freaked me out. Also in the 90s, there was a a company that got started. Uh, Based on that same premise, it was called No Fear. Anybody remember the brand, No Fear brand? There was clothing and, and drinks that were called No Fear Drinks. They built an entire brand around that attitude of, I don't care. I'm not afraid of anything. I don't respect authority. I do what I want, when I want, and there are no consequences. Consequences? What are consequences? The whole brand, no fear. By, by, uh, by 1998, this startup company that was only five years old was already bringing in $200 million a year. The brand exploded on the scene in the 90s and went into the 2000s. I believe they're still around. They're still around today. I think they're touring like with X Games and, and some of the extreme sports stuff. As a society, we see fear as a weakness, no fear, fear factor. We see fear as a weakness. And in many cases, let me me be honest with you, fear can keep you from being the person that you're created to be. Fear can paralyze you. It it can keep you from, from accomplishing great things. Fear can lead to anxiety and worry fear of loneliness, fear of being rejected, fear of failure. Isn't that right? Fear of death. Those things can keep us from stepping out and taking chances. Bible says in 1 Timothy chapter 1 that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. God doesn't give us that kind of spirit to be that kind of fearful. But in the Bible, there is a good fear. And that's what it's referencing when it talks about the fear of the Lord. There's a good fear that leads to life. There's a good fear that leads to discovering the path that God has designed for you. And we read about it when we read in the Bible from Abraham all the way to Paul and the apostles this phrase of fearing the Lord is repeated over and over again. From Genesis chapter 22, where the first phrase of the fear of the Lord is mentioned, all the way to Revelation chapter 18, that phrase, the fear of the Lord, is mentioned over and over and over again. The fear of God. In Proverbs alone, it's mentioned 15 times. Either fear of God or the fear of the Lord is mentioned. So if that phrase is repeated over and over again, much like my dad would repeat himself over and over again, something that was important, the fear of the Lord must be an important topic. It must be an important topic. And so we need to spend a little bit of time unpacking it. The problem is the fear of the Lord is also one of the most misunderstood topics in the Bible. Many of us go, wait a minute, am I supposed to fear or am I not supposed to fear? What what, what is this fear of God? Our understanding is kind of muddy and foggy and cloudy. Well, tonight what I want to do is just take a few minutes to help clear away the mud, to help blow away the fog so that you can understand what the fear of the Lord really is and how it's intended to be a blessing in your life. Wisdom that we need, life that we need, the knowledge to accomplish the things God's created us for starts with fear. Turn to somebody right now, right next to you and say, it begins with fear. Go ahead, do that. Say that. It begins with fear. Now, Roger, you can put that up. Solomon writes these words in the book of Proverbs chapter 1 verse 7. Let's read that top line together. Ready? Begin. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. He repeats himself again in Proverbs chapter 9 verse 10. Let's all read the second one. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And then he says it again, but in a different way in Proverbs chapter 19. Let's all read the third line. The fear of the Lord leads to life. In other words, what Solomon is trying to get across to us is the fear of the Lord is the starting point. It's the beginning of understanding. It's the beginning of wisdom. It's the access to life abundantly. It's all tethered to the fear of the Lord. Now, we're not talking about the kind of fear, and I didn't have the movie clip for you, but I'll reference it, not the kind of fear like Indiana Jones had when he fell in that pit of snakes. You all remember that movie? I wanted to show the 80s clip, but, but James Younger usually does all my video clips for me, and he's busy this week, and so I wanted to show that kind of fear. When, when Indiana Jones drops into that pit with all the snakes and he starts to freak out, snakes and bugs. I'm not talking about that kind of fear. That's not what the Bible is referencing here. It's not the kind of fear that you get when you see a mouse or a lizard or whatever might freak you out like that. This isn't the kind of fear God's talking about. The fear of God is based in a love relationship. And in just a second, you're going to begin to realize and go, "Oh, I see what we're talking about. You see, we're talking about a fear that can be described by these three words, respect, reverence, and recognition. The kind of fear that we're talking about here is a fear that that leads us to a place of respect, reverence, and recognition. The fear of God is not cowering and cringing behind a rock. It's not acting like a dog with their tail tucked between their legs and running away. That's not the fear God's talking about. It's a love relationship. It's one where the God of heaven loves you so much and wants the best for you. And wants you to hear him and do what he says. <clears throat> There's two steps to getting a hold of the understanding of what it means to fear God. And it's, it's these two things. Take a look on the screen. It's recognize and respond. Everybody say recognize. recognize. And now respond. respond. Understanding, getting a hold of what it means to fear the Lord begins with Recognizing. He is God, I am not. Pretty easy, huh? He is God and we are not. He is God and I am not. He is God who created the heavens and the earth. He is God who formed all that we see here. He is God, the one who knit you together in your mother's womb and made you fearfully and wonderfully great. He is God, and we are not. He is the one who formed the mountains and the seas, who designed the intricacies of DNA all the way out to the expanse of the universe. He is God, and we are not. Job was a man in the Old Testament who had lost everything. God allowed him to be tested his faith, and his dedication to be tested. And when time came for God to speak out against Job's friends, he demonstrated why there should be a healthy fear of God. You see, Job's friends were telling Job, oh, you should just curse God and die. God is unjust. He's treating you so unfairly. And God speaks to Job's friends. And listen to what God says. To Job's friends. It's found in the book of uh, Job chapter 38 verses 1 through 7. I'm going to put the words up on the screen and you can follow along with me as I read. Job chapter 38. Some people would look at this and say, oh, I thought that book was called Job. That's how to fill out a resume. I thought that's what that part of the Bible was. Nope, it's about a guy named Job. So Job's friends were telling Job, Job had lost everything, and Job's friends were saying, you should just curse God and die. And here's how God responds. The Lord answered Job from the whirlwind. God spoke, and he said, Who is this that questions my wisdom with such ignorant words? Brace yourself like a man, because I have some questions for you and you must answer them. How would you like to stand before God and say, and God say, brace yourself. Now I'm going to ask you some questions. (laughs) He is God, and we are not. Here's what he says in verse 4. Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me if you know so much. Who determined its dimensions and stretched out the surveying line? What supports its foundations? And who laid its cornerstone as the morning stars sang together and all the angels shouted for joy? Where were you? Is what he's asking. Do you know? It goes on for two chapters. The rest of 38 and 39 and even into 40, these questions are being put out there, humbling Job and his friends. He is God. We are not. If I don't regularly recognize who God is, if I don't give him that significant slot in my life, then suddenly I begin to think, more highly of myself than I should. And the Bible warns against that. I think that I'm in charge, that I'm God, and the universe bows to me. A lot of people I meet, a lot of people I've had interactions with, think that they're God. Now, they may not say those words, well, I'm God. They may not say exactly those kinds of words. But they may say things like, well, I call the shots. I've made my money. I'm a self-made man. Mm -hmm. I'm in charge. I determine my own destiny. I forge my own future. I am in charge. See, this is a dangerous path we go down because we need to recognize that God is the one that gives us the ability to breathe. He designed the molecules of oxygen and nitrogen and put them in perfect ratios so that we could breathe, so that we could have the ability to do the things that we do. He is God and we are not. When we begin to recognize this, we begin to have a healthy respect, reverence, and recognition of who he is. That is the fear of the Lord. Leah and I went to Hawaii uh, a number of years ago. Um, it was actually, it was a time when, when Leah was pregnant with, uh, with Emma. So that was 18 years ago and a couple of days, huh, Emma? A- Emma's birthday was just a couple of days ago. Happy birthday, Emma. Yay! Yay. Well, there was a time, you were there too, Emma, when uh, Leah was pregnant and we went to Hawaii together, and Leah and I love to go snorkeling. So we actually went down to this area called, I think it's Hanamu Bay, there in, uh, in uh, Oahu. Yep, is that right? Did I pronounce it right? Okay, well, we went down there, and uh, Leah was floating on the top of the water a lot higher than anybody else. <laughs> kind of got her belly there, and she's floating along. And some waves started to come in, and she was snorkeling over by some rocks. And, and suddenly, the waves started to push her into the rocks, and they were, they were slapping her into the rocks, and I'm, I'm, I started to get a little concerned. And I could see her, so I started to swim over there because I think, I'm going to be the hero. I'm going to save my wife and my future daughter. And I swim over there, and here's what I thought in my head I was going to do. I was going to block the waves... <laughs> so that Leah could swim away and get free because I am super husband. Then she will look at me and go, oh dear. I swim over there and I put my body between the wave and her and the next thing I know, now the wave is hitting me into her and bashing her harder into the rocks. And she's like, what are you doing? Get away. (laughs) I think I made it worse than I did make it better for her. I realized at that point, I'm not stronger than the ocean. I am not stronger than the ocean, and I know that. But you know, God is the one who said to the oceans, this far and no more. He's the one that paints the sunset every single night, and I can barely draw a stick figure. He is God, and I am not. He holds eternity in his hands. And I'm lucky if I can hold an Americano, my cell phone, and drive at the same time. Though I shouldn't do that, should I? Put the cell phone down. He holds eternity in his hands. He is God. And I am not. You see, we have to recognize who he is. And when we put it in right perspective, that is the fear of the Lord. And that is the beginning of wisdom. You see? Second part to that is responding. Can't just recognize. I mean, it's one thing to recognize, okay, you're God, I'm not. You're God, I'm not. There's a lot of people like that. Oh, you're God, I'm not. But you got to respond too. To, to have a healthy fear of the Lord, you got to respond. Once we recognize we have to respond, take a look at what this passage of Scripture says. 1 John chapter 2, verse 3. We can be sure that we know him, that is Jesus, if we obey his commands. A lot of people don't like that word obey. Sounds controlling. Sounds harsh. But do you know there's freedom in obeying God? Freedom to be who God has created you to be. Mm, 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 mm. If we know God, then we must obey His word. We must listen and do what He says. When He speaks, we have to hear and do what He says. Sometimes we don't like what He says, and that's the hard part. But for those who fear the Lord and listen and do what He says, there are blessings and benefits. I remember once um, after Emma was born a couple of years later. Tonight's all about you, Emma. My goodness. I'm glad you're sitting right on the front row. Perfect. Um, uh, Emma was just a couple of years old, and uh, I was out doing something on my car, and it was sitting on the street. And I, I th- I, As I recall, I was doing something in the driver's seat. And I remember looking through the glass, of the passenger seat, and I could see little Emma, who had just a little toddler, two years old, started coming down the driveway with a big smile on her face, and you know, that that drunk kind of walk that toddlers have, you know, and she's making her way down, headed down the driveway, picking up speed, and she's headed towards the street. And all the parents in here know exactly what I was feeling, right? And I couldn't get to her quick enough, but what I could do was pop my head over the car and say, Emma, no! Now mind you, I don't, I'm not a yeller. I'm a pretty even-tempered kind of guy. So when she heard me yell in that kind of voice, her little lip popped out. She started to cry, walking down the road. And back she went, back into the house. Now, of course, I felt bad because I made her cry. But I saved her life. Cars come running down that street, barreling down that street. I put fear in her. I did. But why? For her safety and for her health. I disciplined because I love my daughters. And there's a fear. There's, a, there's that healthy respect, recognition and reverence for me as a dad that kept her safe that kept her i i I brought her down there because i wanted her to understand why i yelled at her even in her own little two-year-old mind and i brought her down to the curb and i said see the street no don't go in the street emma and she's looking at me her big eyes no do not go in the street because i wanted her to learn to not go in this street what taught me to teach my child that was that when I was a small, was a small boy of 10 years, less than 10 years, eight years old, our whole neighborhood went in an uproar. Fire trucks came running. Ambulances came down the street because a little girl about two or three years old had walked into the street and gotten killed. It was my best friend's little sister. That whole family was never the same after that. A few years later, the mom and the dad got divorced. The emotional wreckage that happened destroyed their marriage. Later on, the brothers would carry that guilt with them because they felt guilty that they they were all out playing and they didn't watch their little sister like they should have. See, I think about those things when I as a dad say, no, don't go in the street. The consequences are life-altering. See, that's what the fear of the Lord is. The things God teaches us in the Bible aren't to be a party pooper, aren't to control our lives and keep us from being a, a, a full person. It's actually to help us be the person God's designed us to be. To live in a place and live a life of abundance. The word says that Jesus came that we can have life and have it abundantly. That's why we're taught to fear the Lord. There are benefits when we fear the Lord, when we have that respect, that reverence, and that recognition of who he is and who I am. Let me show you a couple of passages that talk about the benefits of fearing the Lord. The first one is there in the book of Proverbs. Let's put the whole list up here because if you're a note taker, you're gonna wanna write these down. Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3. Let me me pull this up really quickly here. Is that Proverbs 3? Yeah. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 7 and 8. One of the benefits of of fearing the Lord or the fear of God is health and strength in your body. Look what Scripture says. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 7 through 8 say, don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Instead, Fear the Lord. Everybody say fear the Lord. Fear the Lord Lord and turn away from evil. Quote, then you will have healing for your body and strength for your bones. The Bible says you're looking for healing for your body, strength for your bones. Fear the Lord. Put him first. Put him in that place where you say, I respect, I revere, and I recognize that you are God. Secondly, take a look at this. Wealth and honor, wealth and honor come from fearing the Lord. Let me read to you from Proverbs chapter twenty-two, verse four. Proverbs twenty-two four says, "True humility and the fear of the Lord." Everybody say the fear of the Lord. Fear. There it is again. True humility and the fear of the Lord lead to riches, honor, and long life. Man, that's a promise from God. I didn't know God cares about my finances. Yes, he does. He doesn't want you living in poverty. He wants you to be blessed so that you can be a blessing to others. And where does it begin? The fear of the Lord. Respect, reverence, and recognizing that he is God. Third one. This one's found in the book of Psalm, chapter 25, verse 14. God's promises... Fear of the Lord leads to, to all these promises of God. He's made a covenant with us. In the blood of Jesus Christ, he made a covenant with us and says, I will keep my promises. That's what a covenant is. It's a promise. Let me read to you from the book of Psalm, chapter 25, verse 14 says, the secrets of the Lord is with those who fear him and he will show them his covenant, his promises. His promises. See, God has these these wonderful things that he wants to pour into our life, these blessings, these promises. And he says, for those who fear him, that's where they go. That's where they go. You see the the benefits? Health and strength, wealth and honor, promises from God. See, the fear of the Lord is not some sort of (laughs) bad, bad child. No, it's I love you. And I want to see you thrive I want to see you live. I want to see you be who I've created you to be. That's what the fear of God leads to. The fear of the Lord is where wisdom begins. To have true wisdom and understanding, it begins with fearing the Lord. The fear of God is not some paranoia, supernatural giant ready to squash humanity, it's not some sort of phobia of the unknown. It's not some sort of dinosaur type thing that's going to jump out and devour you. The fear of the Lord is an awesome respect for what we do know, that God loves us. The fear of the Lord is recognizing who we are and who he is. And it's responding to him appropriately and saying, yes, God, I will do what you say. I will walk in your ways. Isn't that good? Isn't that good? That's what the fear of the Lord is. And as we get into the book of Proverbs, we're going to discover more and more about those golden truth nuggets that drop like a bomb in our heart and transform our lives. Thank you for listening. For more information, check out our website at wearerefinery.com. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram at We Are Refinery. God bless.